You're about to hear a message that was preached at Calvary Fellowship in Miramar, Florida. At Calvary, we exist to help people take their next step with God. And we pray that this message helps you do just that. Good morning, Calvary. How are you guys doing? It seems like we just did this. I, I, was, I was just up here like three or four weeks ago. Anyway, anyway, it's great to be here. Um, it's an honor every time that I get a chance to teach to you guys, especially God's Word. So are you guys ready? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So a lot of people always ask me, Pastor George, what did you do before you were a pastor? And I'm like, interesting you say. Um, interesting question to ask. I was a musician Duh. If you don't know me, I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor George. I'm the worship pastor here. I usually sing. Can we give it up for the band? Come on now. Yeah. But yeah, I was a musician. I, I was a studio musician. I was playing uh, shows. I was, I was going on little tours here and there, playing with some really incredible artists and stuff. Before that, I sold cars. <laughs> Before that, I mowed lawns. Before that, I've delivered bread. I have done basically almost everything that you can imagine just to make sure that I have some kind of food to eat at the end of the day, right? But one of the longest things that I did was work at a music store. And you're probably thinking, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You're a musician, music store. It was probably awesome. It was. Uh, yeah, right. So it was, no, but it was, it was. I mean, it was retail. So anybody in here work retail? Yeah, pray for you. I'll pray, I'll pray, I'll pray hard, pray hard, hard. So what was awesome was that I worked there for like almost eight years. Okay, it was a long time, long time. And I kind of worked my way up. I worked my way up the, the ranks. I became a department manager, senior department manager, all that stuff. Had the keys to the, to the store, the whole deal, right? But what was awesome, one of the best things about being a manager was that I had this great idea. I'm like, you know what would be awesome about this music store? Is if I hired all of my best friends to work, come, work, come work for me. And that's exactly what I did. It was, it was brilliant. All of my friends were like, hey, what are you doing? Leave your job. Come over here. We're going to have a great time. Now, Truth be told, customer service was at an all-time low after that happened because we didn't get any work done at all because we were just, I mean, you know, it was just fun. It was all of my best friends. Now, you have to understand, before I continue with the story, this was George B.C. It's very important that you know this. Before Christ, okay, B.C. Got it? And you're laughing now, but I was a hot mess back then, okay? So what happens? Well, we had, we had all, our customers were coming all the time. They wanted to play the drums and stuff, so we had this mom come in with her like 10-year-old son. He says, hey, can I have a pair of sticks so you can try out the drums to see if he likes the drums? I'm like, sure. Now, you have to understand, we had the worst attitude. We were sarcastic. You couldn't tell us anything. We were always right. We were just like, we didn't have the time of day for you, even though technically we're supposed to serve the customer. It was the opposite. We were just like, man, whatever. Who cares about the customer? So we tell the lady, there's a five-minute limit. You got five minutes and I want these sticks back. She's just like, all right, relax, whatever, okay, whatever. So the kid, he goes, he starts beating literally everything senseless, just like, psh, 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 you know, just like it's the loudest thing in the world, and I'm sitting there, two minutes. He's got one minute. He's got 30 seconds, 20 seconds, five seconds, and I start walking toward him, right? And no joke, I went up to him, I'm like, hey, buddy, thanks a lot, time's up. And I just, I just snatched the sticks right from him. This poor kid, I can still see his face, like, no, you know, like I just take it, sit down, whatever. And I hear in the back of the room, I could hear a mom, only like the way, the way a mom can do, speaking under her breath, like, I can't believe, I can't believe that guy. Who does he think he is? She's hyperventilating. She comes up to me. She's like, excuse me. And I look at her like, yes. So bad. Uh, like there were so many other ways, so many other nicer ways you could have told my son that his time was up. That was really rude. And I looked at her and I told her, yeah, there are, but I didn't choose any of those. So what? 
and every person here is like, oh, I will kill you. Oh, Pastor Jordan, I will slap you silly, right? And so she's just like, oh, who do you, like, what is this? What kind of establishment is this? Let me talk to your manager. Of course, you know, the Karen showed up, right? Anyway, sorry. So she, let me talk to your manager. Here's the thing. I was the department manager. And I was so messed up, guys, before Christ. I had my little lanyard that said sales associate. I'm like, oh, you want to talk to my manager? All right, give me one second. I will take it off. And I will grab my department manager lanyard. And I'm like, excuse me, what seems to be the problem? And she's just like, oh, you think you're so smart. Oh, that was really cute. Oh, yeah, you're the manager, huh? Let me talk to the store manager right now. I cannot believe this establishment. I'm like, you want to talk to the store manager? He's like, yeah. I was the only manager on duty that day. So I'm like, you want to talk to the store manager? Fine. I go in front of her face. This happened. I'm just like, you know what? Fine. I go, I grab my sales manager. I go up to her. I'm like, hi, ma'am. Uh, seems like you've been having the problem with one of my associates. And she's like, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back to this place. Ah, she throws everything. I mean, it was like the biggest scene. I'm just like, have a great day. And I probably never, she never came back ever again. Now, that's messed up. I do not uh, recommend if you work in retail to treat people that way. Um, I needed a savior. I found them. Glory to God. Because I was so messed. I was so mean. And now here's the thing. We, we thought that we were just the smartest people. We can get away with anything in that store. I mean, we thought we can get away with murder. And then the next week, corporate calls. It's like, can I speak to uh, Mr. Martinez? I'm like, yes, this is him. He's like, hi. We have one, a couple words for you. You're fired. And I was like, oh, man. Here's the question. Has your mouth ever gotten you in trouble? Of course, right? I love that. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for real, right? I mean, honestly, we've all been in a situation like that. Maybe you didn't make a mom and their son feel very, very, very uncomfortable, right? Like I did. But we've all opened our mouth, and we we can see it in slow motion, right? We say something, and as the words are leaving, we're like, no, 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 come back, come back. No, right? Because it's like you just wish you could, like, no, wait, 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 wait. If I just had one more second, I wouldn't have said that the wrong way. Oh, my goodness, right? We've all been there, and we've all gotten in trouble. And here's the thing. I know you've been there because we all love to talk. We love it. Oh, we love to talk, and we don't ever know how to stop, especially if you're Cuban in this place. Forget about it. I mean, if you talk to a Cuban, they'll talk, to your, I mean, they'll talk your ear off for three weeks straight. I mean, as it is, I don't know if you, know, if you guys know this or not about the Cuban culture. If you go to a Cuban's house and you had dinner with them or whatnot, or you're just hanging out, whatever, just a fun day after church. Hey, let's hang out. Okay, cool, cool. It's going to take you at least two and a half hours just to leave and say goodbye, okay? If some of you know what I'm talking about, it's like, okay, well, hey, it's been such a great time. Well, we got to go. It's been such, oh, man, thank you so much for the coffee. It was great. And then they'll follow you. The Cubans follow you. Because they're like, where are you going? And he's like, no, 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 we, we got we to go. He's like, yeah, man, man, but what, man, you know, this church was so good. Oh, yeah, church was really good. He's like, oh, so what are you doing this week? Oh, you know, what? And it's like, wait a second, we're back in conversation. It's like, hey, I got to go. He's like, okay. And then they start walking to your car. They follow you. And it's just like, where are you going? It's like, I'm just trying to say bye, right? We love to talk. Here's a, here's a couple of facts that you probably didn't know or maybe you did know. The average tongue, your tongue, is made of eight different muscles. Whoa, I thought it was just one muscle. No, 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 no. It's made out of eight different muscles. Also, fun fact, your tongue is almost impossible, impossible to wear out. It's one of the only muscles that doesn't build up lactic acid. And you, just, you can just talk. You can just use your tongue. Have you ever been tired of talking before? Maybe because of your throat. 
Never because of your tongue. I can guarantee you that. Never because of your tongue. The average man says 16,000 words a day, which I found a little high. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I talk that much. All, all, the, all the women are just like, yeah, my husband doesn't talk ever, right? How about this? The average woman talks about 20,000 words a day. I find that a little low. <laughs> find that a little low. I'm not going to lie. Every husband's just like, hey, man, that's why I came to church today. Let's preach it, bro. Right? They, just, they, don't, they don't stop talking. It's the weirdest thing. They always want us to listen. Listen. Anyway. <laughs> but here's the reality, church. Uh, our words are incredibly important. It's an incredible, incredibly important part of our daily lives. And, and no matter how old you are, no matter how mature you think you might be, um, how much experience you have, we're at one point or another, we're probably going to put our foot in our mouth and get in trouble because of something that we say or something that we said in our lives. But see, because the reality is this, with so many words, 16, 20,000, even more, with so many words coming out of our mouths, something is bound to go wrong, right? Something has to go wrong. I mean, the misuse of words is one of the main reasons why there's marital problems, right? And I'm not just talking about like, I told you to take out the trash like five times and the trash is still there, right? Those words don't really hurt. It's just like, oh, no, and, the, and all the guys say what? Give me a chance. I'm going to get to it. Don't, I'm going to get to it. And now if she listened to us, that thing's going to be there for like three weeks and it'll never get taken out. But not th- I'm not talking about those type of words. I'm not talking about like, why did you leave the toothpaste like that? Why don't you do this? Why do you leave a mountain of dishes instead of just drying them and putting them away? I don't know. That's just what I, that's how I do it. I don't know. I don't to explain it, right? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we use the wrong type of words, the words that are, have a lot of weight that can actually make an entire relationship crumble before your eyes. It doesn't just happen in marriage. If you use your words in the wrong way, it can ruin any relationship in your life, your siblings, friends, doesn't matter. Um, at work, if your coworkers, if your boss, you got to be really careful how you speak to your boss, right? Obviously. How you speak to your kids, Ooh, this is a big one. I mean, we don't, maybe, maybe don't think of it that much when we get angry and we just start spewing random words out of them, but let me tell you right now, your kids are listening and remembering every word that you say. And I can, only attain, I can only say that because now, as a parent, I catch myself all the time. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I sound like my mom. Oh Lord, I became one of them. That's it. It's over. I said I would never be my dad. And like, here we go. I just said the exact same thing he told me when I was two years old. So we got to be careful with our words. Here's what the Bible says about our words. It says this in Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Church, I was definitely not imparting any kind of grace to that poor mom and her son. But if we're honest, when we are careless with our words, that's when people get hurt. When we're careless with our words, that's when we end up hurting ourselves. And words have the power to even derail us from drawing close to our heavenly Father. So if you've ever gotten in trouble because of your mouth, I'm glad you're here because in our short time that we have this morning, we're going to look at what God says. We're going to look at God's word and we're going to see how it is that we in our lives can not only honor God with our lives, but also honor him with our lips. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your outline, we're going to be in the book of James. Now, um, James, if you don't know, James is the brother of Jesus, not James and John, the brothers. That's a, that's a different James. James was a very popular name back then. But James was the brother of Jesus. And you have to understand, I mean, like, and I think Pastor Bob's talked about this before. It probably took a lot to convince James that his brother was God. 
right? I mean, if your brother called you right now, like, yo, man, what's up? Well, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, bro, I just want to let you know um, I'm God, you know? He's like, yeah, okay, cool. What's wrong with you? What's going on? He's like, no, no. Like, I'm God. I'm, I'm like, I'm God? He's like, yeah, cool. Not going to happen, right? But James did end up seeing a resurrected Jesus, and it, it did such an impact on him that he wrote this book. And now, the book of James, let me tell you right now, it is hardcore, okay? He does not sugarcoat anything. He is very direct, has very strong language. It's no joke. He was writing this book to a group of Christians that were walking the walk, or, or sorry, talking the talk, but not walking the walk in their Christian faith. They said they believed in Jesus, but their actions, their lives, and their words didn't match up to what they were saying, right? So it's not enough to talk the Christian faith. We need to live it, and especially when it comes to our words. And why is this important? See, it's important because I know you guys did not wake up and get out of bed to come to church because you want to hurt somebody else with your words. I know that you woke up today and you didn't want, you don't want another person to hurt you with their words, right? And ultimately, you, d- you just want to learn how to honor God with your mouth. But some of us in this room, as I'm talking around, you're thinking like, yeah, George, but you don't know my mouth. Woo. It's, it seems so impossible to put this in check. Well, let's take a look at James and see what he says. It's in your outline. It's James chapter 3, starting in verse 2. It says this, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. If you pause here and give me your attention. If we want to learn how to honor God with our words, the first thing in your outline is this. I need to replace my words with God's word. I need to replace my word with God's word. See, James starts talking, he starts writing, and he's like, wait a second, why is he giving us all these weird examples, like the tiny bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder of a ship? Has anybody ever ridden a horse here before, ever? Yeah, a couple people. It's kind of crazy, okay? I'm very tall, okay? I'm about 6'2", 6'3". The horse is like way bigger than me. It's huge, right? And you get on this giant horse, and I got to tell you, it's the most, probably one of the most intimidating things I've ever done in my entire life because I know at, w- at any split second, this horse is going to make me, just launch me like 30 feet off of him because he's so much more powerful than I am. But what happens? They put a bit in his mouth. And the difference between a wild stallion and a horse that you can train is this little thing that they put in their mouth. And all of a sudden, you tug it over here and it turns. You tug it over there and you pull it back and it stops, right? It's incredible how much power this little thing has. A boat, if you've ever been on a cruise, I mean, the, the cruises are humongous. But if you look under, there's these little paddles. Even on the giant cruise t- nowadays, there's still little paddles that turn this entire ship on, its, on a dime. It's unbelievable. And so what you have to understand is our tongue is a very small part of our bodies. But it has a very, very big amount of influence, okay? It's literally one of the most influential things. It influences your attitude, your behavior. All the words out of your mouth can either get you in trouble or get you out of trouble depending on how you use it. In Proverbs 13, it says this, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. That's not fun. That's not fun at all. 
Bless you. Uh, so in our house, um, my wife and I, Evelyn, we have uh, two kids. We have Sarah, who's uh, nine years old, and then Jaden, who's uh, six. And we have this saying, and if, if my wife and I can count how many times, we had a nickel for every time that we've said this to our kids. We would be retired in Hawaii by now, okay? Um, who has small kids here? Small kids? Like, you know, yeah? Okay, good. Pray. I'll pray for you. Pray for you. Um, we, we, we have this, this whole saying. It's a very simple saying. It's not like this like, magnificent, oh, write, write this down. This is going to change your life. But it's just what we use. It's, all it says is this. We just say, use your words. That's all we tell them a thousand times. My, my eye starts twitching when I just said that. Use your words, right? If you're angry, use your words. Don't use your hands. Don't throw your, like, don't punch your sister. Don't, like, use your words. Do you need something? Use your words. Are you scared? Are you angry? Use your words carefully. Use your words when you're angry. And why are we trying to do that? We're trying to make them understand that you, they can use their words because we don't want the meltdowns. We don't want the scene at the Target checkout line in the middle of Target. Like, I want the toy! Ah! You know, like all that stuff. It's, like, it's ridiculous, right? And I, listen, I can't speak because they also know how to treat each parent differently. And I feel so bad for my wife, okay? I don't know what it is. Moms, I'm so sorry. They just treat you different. I don't, know what to, I don't know what to tell you. And I get home, I can, I can watch them for two days straight, and, like, and Evelyn comes home, how are they? I'm like, oh, they were, they were angels, you know? She watches them for two hours, they're like, they can't be our kids. That can't be our kids. That can't be our kids. I don't, what did we do? Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You know, like, it's, just, it's ridiculous, right? It's crazy. So we tell them, use your words. Now, here's the thing. Th- those are little kids. And some of us in this room, I guess we can classify ourselves as grown-ups, some of us, I guess, right? We're grown-ups. But can you imagine how many meltdowns we've had before God? Just like as a little kid, just like, <laughs> God, where are you? You know, like just, just like sitting there saying, God sitting there going, I have so many great words that are going to direct you and change you and lead you to joy, lead you to the solutions in life. If my kids don't use their words, I can't direct them. If we don't acknowledge God's word, he can't direct us, right? Because the bit in our mouth, in our beast of a mouth, is God's word. So what do we have to do? We need to replace our words with his words. I don't know if you know this or not, but on the back of your outline, if you want to look in the back of your outline right now, there is a memory verse. I don't know if you knew this. Maybe this is like, like newsflash, okay? Every single week, we put a memory verse in your outline. Why? You know why? Because we wholeheartedly believe that if you would take time to internalize and memorize the word of God, When you find yourself in that situation that you find yourself in right now, today, that comes to mind, that seems impossible. When you find yourself in situations where you're desperate, where you're sad, where you're anxious, all of that, guess what? We wholeheartedly believe that if you memorize scripture, you will bring out his word instead of your words. And we need to be doing that. We need to commit every single day on the back of your connection card. I want to check off to memorize the memory verse this week. We'll send you a couple of tips and tricks on how to memorize scripture so it can be part of your life. Think about Jesus. When he was tempted in the desert, right? He was fasting 40 days. It was crazy, right? Did Jesus have a meltdown? No. Granted, he's God. I get it. I get it. He's got a little bit of an advantage than we do. I get it. But no, he had every reason to be frustrated. He had every reason to be angry and and just respond to Satan out of like his responses because of his physical need. But what did he do? He replaced his words with God's word. And every time that Satan tempted him, he quoted the Bible. He quoted the same book, actually. He quoted from Deuteronomy every single time because Jesus knew that he 
his, that God's word was a better solution for his situation. In Matthew 4, I put it in your notes, it says that Jesus answered him, and it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. My friends, if Jesus needed to rely on God's word, so should we. See, James says that the tongue is small and extremely powerful, and guess what? I don't trust myself with that type of power, and neither should you, right? It's too much power. It's just too much, right? It's crazy. So maybe instead of like the saying that I tell my kids, use your words, how about we make our own saying? It says, use his words. Make it a saying in your life. Make little cheat sheets in your car. That's where I need mine. I don't know about you. This is a safe place. I'm a pastor, but I am a demon behind the, <laughs> behind the, 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 the steering wheel, okay? Honestly. So you pray for that. But like, I've, you know, I have to start doing that. I've got, I got to start putting little scriptures, or just something to remind me that my car is not a weapon, okay? My, I'm just trying to get from point A to point B, you know? I, my car is not a running back and, and trying to zoom, zoom, zoom. I'm not, I just like, I just need to drive calmly, calmly and represent Jesus on the road as well. Anyway, so maybe on your desk, put something that reminds you to use his word first before you want to rebuttal that person, before you want to like get back at that person. Every time you're going to get into a tough conversation, a confrontation, a talk with your kids, remember that the small bit in your mouth that can control your entire and direct your entire life is replacing your words with his. In Psalm 119, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then honestly, I, I've hurt enough people in my life with my words in my mouth I'd much rather honor God and watch what his words do instead of mine. So use his word. Let's continue. In James 3, starting in verse 6, it says this, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. This is real light reading, okay? The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Awesome. And... It is set on fire by hell. Thanks, James. I feel really confident right now, right? Let's keep going. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. If you pause here for a second, I hope you feel very encouraged after that. Uh, first thing that we talked about to honor God is replace my words with God's word. Second thing we need to do so important. We need to avoid words that destroy everything, okay? Now, I talked, to, I talked about working at the music store, um, and you know what's funny about the music store was that it was retail. There was a lot of crazy stuff that happened and all that, but I met some of the most amazing people there. Um, I met musicians that opened opportunities for me to become a professional musician. Um, I, I've met all these people that were just so encouraging, so uplifting, so, I mean, like people that became some of my closest, closest friends, people that I die for, I mean, literally, I met at the music store. But you know what's funny? A lot of times I don't remember anything except the crazy customers, right? The angry customers, the people that just woke up choosing violence for some reason, right? I mean, if, if you work in, in retail, customer service, banking, if you work at a restaurant, God help you, you're in between someone's food, whew, Get out of here. Forget about it, right? Sometimes people would walk into the store and they would just, I don't know if they were just like, they're like, that's the guy. Today I'm taking that guy out no matter what. And usually it was me. And I get it. I was a jerk. 
I had it coming. I got it, right? But they would walk up to me, and they would say the craziest things about me, about my family, death tre- threats, all that stuff. And, it was cr- and you think it's just like a music store. It's not a big deal. Oh, there was drama at the music store, okay? But I, I just didn't know if they were going through something I didn't know about, or maybe they were just hungry and they needed a Snickers bar. I'm not sure, right? Snickers bar, do, they do change people, okay? Because, listen, it's all fun and games until you're hangry, okay? Anybody deal with hangriness? Hangry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about this? Hangry, being hangry is one thing. Have you ever been slungry before? You're sleepy and hungry? Run for your life, okay? Sleep, yeah, just run for your life. Anyway, don't be slungry. But anyway, have you ever have you noticed you could be having the greatest day? You're frolicking through your day like, this is so great. I love this. My day's awesome. I love my life. God is awesome. Everything's great. And then one word, one person, one guy that cuts you off, one person that says the wrong thing the wrong way, that one word now becomes the idol of your life. You know it's true. You know it's true because it's like you could be having the greatest time and all of a sudden because of that one word, now everything crumbles. It's like the world is so dark. I'm so alone. This is terrible, right? That's the power that our words have. If 99 people came up to you and said kind things, you're going to remember the one person that said the wrong thing at you. And not only that, you're going to hold on to that and repeat it over and over and over again. James says that our words are literally fire. They can destroy everything. One word can ruin a relationship. One word can ruin your career. So if our words are like fire, then church, we need to start using our words and treating our words like they're just that, fire. In the 4th of July, if you give a kid, a a three-year-old, a lighter, guess what happens? Every mom and every parent goes into helicopter mode, like, whoa, 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 where where, where, where are you going? Where are you, right? Why? Because that's a dangerous combination. That kid can blow up an entire house. Same thing that happens with us when we're running around using our words carelessly. We're like a little kid ready to set everything on fire. Proverbs 18.21, which is your memory verse, by the way, is this. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And that's a really powerful, powerful verse. I highly recommend you memorize that. And maybe you're here and you know, you're listening to me talk about you know, retail and all of that, and it's all fun and games and all that, but maybe you're here and you've had some words really hurt you. And I'm sorry. You know, and, and to tell you the truth, I, I wish I could change that. And I know that you do too. But can I tell you the truth, church? There's nothing that you can ever do to control somebody else's mouth. But there's a whole lot that you can do to control yours. There's a whole lot that you can do to control how you respond to people that want to hurt you. But so often, we just let our emotions take control, and we just like, I mean, we just start killing people, burning people alive with our words. And that's not the life that God intended for us. See, I believe that there's a God that's unbelievably powerful, and we have direct access to him. All we have to do is ask him for help, especially when it comes to our mouths. But we have to get rid of these words. We have to get rid of words coming out of our mouths that destroy people. We have to stop listening to words and making them become an idol in our lives, ruining the rest of our life because of one thing that one person said 20 years ago, and you're still harboring bitterness because of that? That's not the freedom that Jesus came for. Jesus didn't die so we can just be, like hold these, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This person hates me. This person said all this stuff. Like, no. We need to eradicate those words out of our lives. In Ephesians, it says this, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And what? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, 
forgiving one another as even God forgave you. So take inventory of the words that you are listening to each day. Take inventory of the words that are coming out of your mouth. What are your words saying? Are you speaking life? Or are some of us speaking death into some people's lives or some situations? It's time to let them go and start choosing to use your words to bring life because that's what Jesus would do and that's what Jesus has called each and every one of us to do. If you call yourself a Christian, this world is going to know if you're faking it or not by the way you use your mouth. Let's finish it off and we'll close with this. In James, it says this, with it, your word, your tongue, we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth, Proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. If you pause there and give me your attention, the last thing in your outline, we want to honor God with our mouth or with our words, is number three is we need to choose words that bless and not curse. Here's the great news. Listen, we've been, listening, we've been reading some really, really intense scripture. But guess what? James finally said something positive. Woohoo! Right? He said, with it, we bless our God and Father. All right. We can do something good with that thing. All right. Yes. But then he says, we go turn around and talk smack about somebody that was make, made in the image of God. And that's not, that's not cool. Right? So... Uh, I guess we're kind, of in this, we're kind of stuck in this situation, right? But nobody here does that, right? We're, we could just be honest, church. When you're getting your kids and your family ready to come to church, everything goes smooth, right? Your kids, they follow direction. <laughs> oh, someone laughed, okay? They follow direction, right? They put on their clothes by themselves, right? You're about to go out the door like, all right, we're, we're, I'm literally walking out the door. They found their shoes already, right? Because I don't know what it is about kids. The moment you're about to walk out the door, you're like, I can't find my shoe. I, what am I going to do? And you're sitting there just like, I put everything on your bed in like in chronological order. Put this first, then that first, then this first, right? You drive here, you're in the middle, middle of arguments. Some of us are in arguments two seconds before we walk into this place. It's just reality. It's just the way it is. Why? Don't think, think of it as a coincidence that you're trying to come to church to learn how to control your mouth, how to draw close to God, how to be a Christian in this broken world, go against the grain of this entire culture. Of course somebody's trying to stop you from getting here. And of course you're going to have fires and all this stuff, and it's just going to be with your mouth. And it's going to be like, ah, and then you get here and you're just like, Christ is my firm foundation, because nothing else is firm in my life. And then, you know, like you're just, you're just sitting there and you're, you're worshiping, because you're just like, you have no idea what I just had to get through to just get to the second song. I just want my cafe con leche, I want my tostada, I want to worship, hear the word, and go home. Right? Yeah. We've got a problem, okay? <laughs> like, we have a problem. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> seriously, it's, it's, it, we, we laugh, and I get it. It's, just, it's funny because it's just the truth. I mean, we, we are... Str- if you don't think that spiritual warfare is a real thing, my friends, man, there's somebody, God wants all of your attention, but there's somebody else that wants just equal amount of your attention. God wants you to control your mouth so much, but there's someone who equally wants you to just let loose, right? 
And I'm sorry, but the last time I checked, Jesus had the victory. He did not. So the last time I checked, uh, the tomb was empty, and we have a, sa- a risen Savior that is going to give us hope, the power, and the direction that we need to always trump the enemy. But the problem is, when we're not thinking about it, we're not, we're not, when, we're, when we're careless about what we do, everything goes out the window. In Proverbs 11, it says this, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. So powerful. So what am I supposed to do? The question is, like James is talking about water, salty water, all this stuff. Like, what kind of water are you bringing in your life when you start speaking? Can I be honest? Sometimes my water can be a little salty. A little, just a tad salty, okay? Oh, my wife is laughing at me. That's good, yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, really salty. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my wife, everybody, right there, pointing her out. Boom, right there, right there. Smoking hot. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, sorry. She's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, yes. I get in trouble a lot, a lot. Anyway, but listen, sometimes, if I'm I'm being really honest, sometimes the water flowing out of my lips is really salty. And I'm not talking about be the salt of the earth type of salty. I'm talking about like over-salted, like just over-salted food that you can't even swallow, just like nasty. And, And it's just not right. It's just not right. As a pastor, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, you know, Jesus had put himself in so many situations when so many people were trying to ridicule him. So many people were trying to corner him. So many people were mocking him, humi- humiliating him, doing everything that they could possibly do to destroy his plan. And what did he do? He spoke with grace. He spoke to people that never got spoken to. He, I mean, he was the perfect example of what it's like to make sure that you control your mouth. And I'm not saying that we're ever going to be perfect like Jesus. But what I am saying is that you have more control than you think. You have more power than you think. Sometimes you, you blame it on your parents, just like I did. Oh, I'm saying the thing, same thing my mom says and all of that. But I could also say something else. I could be like, God, can you help me not repeat history and help me bring up my kids in a home that honors you with their mouth, with their lives, with their decisions. And guess what? He's going to honor that. In the word it says that if you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. That is a promise. His word never fails. But the question is, are you being a blessing or are you being a curse? What comes out of here? He's like, okay, George, I get it, but like, what am I supposed to do about the person that's been talking smack about me for the last 15 years? What about that person over here, well, the person that hurt me, the person that left me alone, the person that walked out on me, all this stuff? What am I supposed to do? Just like sit there and just take it? You know, I'm a, now I've just become a spiritual punching bag now? No. What you're supposed to do is what's written in 1 Peter. It's the last verse in your outline. It says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, what? Bless. For this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Who doesn't want to love life and have good days? I do. But here's the hardest part, church. This is the hardest part, and we'll close with this. 
You need to bless those who persecute you. You need to bless those who have hurt you in the past, your enemies. You you need to bless every person who comes in contact with you because sometimes the only Jesus that they're ever going to see is you. And I'm not saying become best friends and, you know, like, hey, you you hurt me so much, but I love you. You know, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying buy the person a brand new car. No, I'm not saying that either. There's a big difference between blessing, praying for your enemies, and just foolishness, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is maybe for you, all you have to do is pray a simple prayer. Maybe you can write this down. This is what I do every morning. You can go ahead and take it. There's no copyright on it, okay? I wake up every single morning and say, God, please control my eyes to see what you want me to see and nothing else. God, please control my response to things I have no control over. And the last thing I always pray is that, God, please control this mouth to say things that will bless people instead of hurt them. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's what I do every single day. Do I do that every single day? Absolutely not, because I am a sinner through and through in need of a Savior. But I'm working on it every single day. And my friends, you will never look more like Jesus than the day that you start treating your enemies with respect and you pray for them and bless them. He was on that cross, agonizing pain, being mocked, being pierced. And he tells, what comes out of his mouth? God, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. A thief reaches out to him, crucified as well. Is there space for heaven for me? Did Jesus go, oh, have you heard of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not steal. Sorry, buddy, too late. Could you imagine if he said that? No, man, sorry, bro. Mm -mm. No, it's too late for you, bro. You've done way too many things in your life. No, what does he say? He says, hey, today you're going to be with me in paradise. He forgives him because that's what he does. He uses his words to be a blessing, not a curse. And you will never look more like Jesus than when you do that. You choose to forgive people that you never thought you could ever forgive. You know where you're going to find? Freedom. You're going to find the life that God wanted for you, a life that's abundant with joy and peace. And you're going to see the fruits of your lips. And they're not going to be death. They're going to be life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for your word. And I'm sorry for my words. I'm sorry for the people that I've hurt, for the words that have come out the wrong way, and have destroyed all types of things in my life. And the same thing for all of us. We're, we're sorry for the moments that we've fallen short with our words. I mean, you've given us so much power, God. It's almost kind of unfair to, to know what to do with this thing. But if we rely on our own strength, we'll never be able to tame it. James said that no man can tame it, Father. But Lord, if we replace our words with your words, and start being a blessing instead of a curse to those who persecute you and everybody around us, Father. Lord, I know that you can contain this tongue of ours. God, I want people to understand and know who you are by the words I speak. I want to be an example to this world that is dying without a Savior, Father. Help us to be the only Jesus that somebody might see in their life. They might never walk into this place, Lord. They might never go to a church service but they are going to be confronted with us. And we could either choose to bring life to them or destroy them with our mouth. 
So I just pray, whatever circumstance you might find yourself in today, I pray that you would release that and you would surrender that to God, trusting that he's going to meet you right where you are. He's going to correct it. And you're going to be able to have a second chance to undo a couple of things that maybe your mouth has done, that maybe you thought were irreparable. Nothing is impossible with our God. So God, that's a prayer that we have today. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen, amen. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If today you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And we as a church want to help you with your next steps. You see, we have a free gift we'd like to give you. And in order for you to receive that gift, all you have to do is visit mycalvary.com forward slash begin. Don't forget to tune in next week for our next podcast. God bless you.